What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vane Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Heller, and this week we have a super quick, uh, quick hit podcast with Dylan Lenz and Ryan Unger. They just dropped a really nice buck on November 7th in the middle of the day. It's November 8th now. We're putting the podcast out. I got them on the podcast last night for about 30, 35 minutes, and then the landowner shows up, and they're like, oh, guys, we got to go chat with the landowner. Um, because obviously he gave them permission to hunt there and, and they want to, they want to keep that relationship alive. But Dylan Lenz works for Whitetail Habitat Solutions. Uh, he does consulting for them, visits hundreds of properties a year. Ryan Unger is, is his partner in crime. Those two dudes, uh, roll around and they hunt from a tree 20 to 30 days, 30, 40 days a year together. One of them's filming, one of them's hunting. They're putting in a ton of time. So in the, this podcast, we go over, uh, all day sits, the rut, when to move stands, when to stay in stands, what you're looking for for does, looking at bucks, um, bucks core bedding areas, bucks cruising, um, where you want to sit, what what like type of setups you want to have, all this kind of stuff uh, uh, in the podcast real quick along with the story of their hunt today. So just wanted to get all that out there really fast um, so that you guys can, can digest that, get in, um, and hopefully it helps you guys over the next seven to 10 days here. It's on November 8th. The rut is full on right now. To me, it seems like you're either in it or you're not and at this point in time it's right place right time and you can pick all the spots you want but you have to put in the time and make sure you're you're right there i just talked to another buddy named dylan dylan linehart he was in a stand all morning until 1 at 1 uh, 1 p.m and then moved over to another spot which was only um not even a quarter mile just like moved a few hundred yards and ended up in a rut fest saw six bucks shot a great six point actually um and had it had one doe come through had all these six bucks come through shot a great six point on the ground didn't even make it to the stand was just standing behind a tree and all of a sudden like it just started happening all around him so for him like again right place right time you just gotta be in the woods so if you're not seeing anything um if it's just dead and dead to the world i i agree i've been there I've been there um, and it sucks and you're thinking everybody else is killing and you're not seeing Jack Diddley squat. It's just about timing. All it takes is that one hot doe to come through within 24 hours and those bucks will follow. So get the time in the woods and especially and even even vice versa. If you're in them one day, it doesn't mean you're going to be in them the next. One of my buddies, Riley Walker, he had five bucks come through one morning chasing a doe around um, and they were all around him until noon one day and then the evening, nothing. The next day, nothing. He like sat the same area thinking the big boys were going to come through and nothing happened. So it's, it's a really hit or miss right place, right time scenario. And I can't, I can't, uh, say it enough. You got to get out and you got to just put in the time in the places that you are confident in. And then we cover when you want to switch and things like that in the podcast. My personal opinion on that kind of thing is, is it's your confidence level in the spot. If you are very confident, this is a very high quality pinch point area um, and you think deer are going to move through here, or it's a very high quality bedding area, sit there all day. If you have a good wind, you have a good entry and exit, you don't think you busted anything and all that jazz. But if you don't have a lot of confidence, then you may want to move. If you're like, man, I don't know. I'm trying this spot. It doesn't seem good. It may have been good. Trail cams tell me I might be, want to be here. My buddy told me I might want to be here. Yada, yada, yada. You don't have confidence. Then you're going to want to move because no confidence in the stand and you're sitting there for 9, 10, 11 hours. That gets real difficult and weighs on your mind mentally. Um, so it's it's all about what you guys want to do, where you're at, what you guys feel, and what you're confident in. Um, and hopefully, 
hopefully, you know, like I said, you guys just take the time, get out there. You know, if you can hunt all day, Saturday, Sunday, if you can take a day off during the week and hunt all day from sunup to sundown, like that's, that's what you got to do in this time frame. I'm, I'm very convinced of that. And it's just, it's just a matter of, of odds. Now, the more time you have in the stand, the more opportunities you're going to have. So with that, um, I got two quick announcements. One, we have a store. Two, I got to talk about our partners quick. Um, but one, the store. So really cool thing we've, I've got put together with this guy named Tyler out of Wisconsin. I believe he's out of like Port Washington or Sullivan. It's like northern Milwaukee area. Um, he is able to get me, him and I have been talking for a while now and he sent me all these clothes, sent me hoodies, sent me t-shirts, sent me hats, all these blanks. And I tried them all on. I tried on like eight different hoodies, like seven different t-shirts, um, four different hats. And I picked which, which ones I thought were the highest quality, um, and had the best fit. So the hoodies I picked are nice, thick, warm hoodies. Like you're going to want to wear them in like 40 degrees, 50 degrees, and even 30 down to 30. They're a great, like I've worn this, I'm wearing one, the one right now, the blank that I have. Um, I, I would definitely wear this in the tree stand underneath some of my other clothes. So it's, it's a nice, warm, comfy hoodie. I'm six, two, um, and I 200 pounds and I wear an XL. I like them a little bit baggier good hood, good pouch. So just as a reference, that's, that's what the hoodie is. The t-shirt is a athletic fit, super soft t-shirt. So, um, by, by athletic fit, I mean, if you're a bigger dude, you're going to want to size up one or two. If you're a smaller dude, you're not going to swim in this t-shirt. So it's a great, it's a really comfortable athletic fit style shirt. Um, and then lastly, if uh, the hats tried on a bunch of different hats, this hat was game day. Um, I liked it the most out of the rest of them. We can uh, run these batches. So essentially how this is going to work is you guys place an order and there's a little timer on the store. When the store, it'll show you it's essentially I keep the store open for two weeks. Everyone places their orders within that two weeks. At the end of two weeks, uh, we run the print and then everything gets shipped out. All right. So with that, what it does for me, um, and again, this is like the, the store type stuff is just uh, uh, to support me and to support the brand for the um, the reason we do it every two weeks is I would have to spend fifteen hundred to two grand to buy all that merch and have it stored in my basement. And I'll be sitting on it every time you guys order. I got to package it and send it out and all that jazz with a family, a full time job, plus trying to hunt and everything. I would I would fall way behind on that stuff. I just know I would. So. What Tyler's doing for me is he's actually holding all the merchandise in his office. And essentially what he does is every two weeks, he does a mass print and then ships everything out. And this allows me not to have to uh, like host all that material and have all that material and pay all the upfront cost. He just does it every two weeks. So just so you guys know, that's what's going to happen. You'll see the timer on this on the store, just throw in your order and it'll ship out within, you know, I think we have, I think the next closing is, uh, November 14th. So in six days it'll close and then they will start shipping everything out. Um, so with that, I just want to get you guys that heads up and I really certainly appreciate the support. If you guys are interested in that, uh, I tried to keep the prices extremely low. Uh, I'm making somewhere between two and $5 per item. So it's not like I'm trying to get rich off this or anything. The prices are high, um, a little bit higher because I picked higher quality, uh, uh, gear for you guys. And then I tried to keep the price as low as I could. I need to make a couple dollars on each item, but I don't need to be rich on it by any means. Um, and for me, the bigger thing is is you guys showing your support and wearing that stuff around, letting the Deervane brand uh, 
become recognized and noticeable and people just asking questions, oh, what is that and everything like that is far more valuable to me and your support and like actually showing off the the gear than the than the two to three dollars, four dollars, five dollars that I get financially from this. So I, I really appreciate it. I, I sincerely appreciate all the support. Um, and with that, um, I can roll into yeah, with that, I mean, that's all I have to say on that. I know this is a longer intro. Apologize for that, guys. I just want to get you get you these updates. Um, I think that's it. I appreciate the support. The store is open. Go check it out. You just dearvane.com and then click on the store. It'll pop open and then you're good to go. Um, last, oh, and the other another cool thing about the store is that I can change the gear in there every two weeks. So if you guys have any suggestions, you like anything that I don't have, um, let me know you have like any colors you want different colors different t-shirts you want some long sleeves you want uh, uh, something else I you know whatever it is like let me know and I can I can kind of put that together and we can change that and update it every two weeks I wanted to do this year's kind of by bygone but I, w- I will be doing some like quote-unquote limited edition stuff I'll be doing some uh, some really cool design work that'll be limited um, and we're gonna be putting putting out some uh, some contests through the merchandise as well, you know, buy some gear. One of the pieces of gear will have, you know, a note in it that'll have some free equipment in it, maybe some free vector arrows, uh, some free Onyx map stuff, things like that. Just trying to give back to you guys a little bit more, um, than an appreciation of your support. So that will be coming. That's not rolling right now, but that'll be coming here in the next, it'll be coming probably next year, like too much, too much hunting to be done <laughs> this year. Um, and too much work to be done for me and too much hanging out with my family and trying to make sure everything's going well here at home first. So um, with that, last thing, Onyx Maps, Vector Custom Shop, Venado. Three phenomenal partners of the shop, uh, of the store, or of the Deervane brand. <laughs> my apologies there. This is, again, long 10-minute intro here. Um, uh, v- <clears throat> Onyx Maps is is GPS mapping app. If you don't know it, check it out. It's extremely, um, especially right now during the rut, like jumping around from spot to spot to spot, trying to find that hot action, like knowing where those public and private land boundaries are, uh, having the waypoints, having you know the ability to send those waypoints to buddies and and have that consulting conversation with them, like that is huge right now. So check out Onyx Maps if you don't have it. They have a free trial where you can really hammer it down for a week if you have a rutcation coming up. Go for that. Next thing would be uh, Venado, phenomenal uh, clothing company. You know, long sleeves, Henleys, hoodies, uh, t-shirts, uh, concealed carry gear. Like Venado is an awesome company and it does mean deer in I think Italian or Spanish or something like that. I think it's Italian um, or Latin. Sorry, I meant to say Latin. Um, so check out Venado, just Google Venado and, and check those guys out. And then last but not least, um vector custom shop if you guys are running low on arrows you need some new arrows things aren't going well you shot a great buck already this year you want to get a new setup for next year all that kind of stuff uh vector custom shop makes some phenomenal errors arrows and they're all custom to you as well so you put in the uh you put in all your your specs into their calculator spits out a, a, a type of arrow they double check it they verify it you have any questions you call them and then from there they build that arrow ship it right to your door and it's they're they're awesome arrows very very high quality straightness um 
straightness, durability, the the components they put on it, plus the fletching, just how they put everything together is, is high quality, small shop out of Janesville. Uh, really enjoy those guys. So be sure to, to check them out if you're ever looking to buy some arrows. Last but not least, it is November 8th today and looking forward to the weather. Man, we got a couple hot days on Wednesday and Thursday on the 9th and the 10th. Um, going up to 70 here in Wisconsin, but then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of next week is all Northwest cold front, cold winds. And we're talking the, the 11th through, I think it's the 11th through the 15th or something like that, which is a phenomenal time. I've always had really good luck during that time on the trail cameras and in seeing deer and sightings, things like that. So the 11th through the 15th is looking phenomenal. Um, and it's a red moon. So you got really good times throughout the day to hunt. Um, again, sitting all day, you can't. I can't over on, uh, overestimate that. You need to sit all day because looking at the moon guide right now, uh, red moon starts on the on Thursday the tenth, and you're gonna want to be in the tree about 1:40 in the afternoon. Friday the 11th at 2:30, Saturday the 12th at 3:30, and Sunday the 13th at 4:15, and Monday the 14th at 5. I think that that 4:15 and 5 o'clock are going to be those hot days, Sunday and Monday, because they're so close. They line up well with the evening feeding time and things like that. But still, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, be in the tree, especially with those cold fronts rolling in. I think it's going to be extremely uh, high quality days for a lot of people. All right. So with that, I am going to flip off this intro, jump into the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you find something, learn something new and be sure to hit up, hit up Dylan or Ryan. Uh, Ryan doesn't really check Instagram, but if you do have Instagram, check out Dylan lens. I think it's just Dylan underscore lens pulling it up right now. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, it's Dylan underscore lens. Just pulling that, pull that up. Check those guys out. Hit them up with some questions um, if you have any of those, or you can send them to me and I can get to Dylan as well. All right. Hope you guys have a great, phenomenal day, phenomenal week, a good rut. I hope everybody here is having a, a good rut and having fun. Be safe. It's not worth your life um, to kill a deer, but uh, but hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you have a good time, and let's get into the podcast. So tell me about it. Tell me about it. Who wants to go, Dylan or Unger? Dylan, go ahead. It, we just had a great day in the woods, man. That's that's the best way I can put it. We uh, started off our morning in a set that Unger killed out of opening weekend here in Iowa, and um, we had a killer morning. Had uh, it was the best morning I think I've ever had as a deer hunter. <laughs> it, it, it was great. I mean, we had. I, I didn't even count deer or bucks. Was, we just had bucks moving like crazy, bumping does. We had cruising bucks uh, past a decent four-year-old, past another really good up-and-coming four-year-old with a lot of potential. And actually, as we were going to move to get out of there and jump to another tree, everything's packed. Everything's packed up. Had a half-rack goofy buck that we've had on camera quite a bit. He's a five-year-old, we figure. Uh, come through just dogging, mouth open, um, you know, came through at like 20 yards. And I'm glad, not glad. I would have shot that deer, I think, had I had my bow and everything ready. But <laughs> it just happened so quick that he, he was gone. And I was like, man, that would have been kind of cool. But at the same time, it's kind of cool that we get to keep hunting. And um, we snuck out. We had lunch and uh, jumped in another tree. And 
it was just, it was just great. We had deer moving right away. We got in there really clean and uh, saw a buck get out of his bed, and it looked like a good buck. I uh, hit the grunt call, tickled the antlers a little bit, and next thing you know, he's standing <laughs> at 20 yards. No way. How it was picture perfect. Oh, man, that's awesome. Unger, you just chilling in the tree stand? Like, thanks for doing all this work, Dylan. Let me pull the trigger. <laughs> I was pretty fed up after this morning watching – you know, good buck after good buck after good buck cruise by and he's not even picking his bow up. I'm like, man, what is it going to take for this guy to grab that thing? We had, there's, there's, I mean, we're in, we're in a really good area on a just incredible property and we have some giants on camera that I really wanted to see and get close to. And, um, you know, we just didn't have that encounter the last couple of days and this buck just did everything right that I couldn't pass up this opportunity i mean to be perfectly honest i think one of the four-year-olds i passed this morning would have scored higher oh, definitely definitely um but that deer has a lot of potential uh for the landowner down here for next year i think so i think the buck i shot was a better deer to take and i was my heart was pounding and i'm happy with the deer i killed yeah dude that's awesome how uh how far away did he stand up Oh, he was probably 150, 150, I would say. I just, like, happened to be looking at the right spot at the right time and just saw a big body and got the binos up and just saw a big frame. And that's that's all I saw. He disappeared. So, you know, I called, and he was gone uh, for, I don't know, three, four minutes probably. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I don't know how he got as close as he did without yeah. us seeing him, but all of a sudden he just kind of appeared at, 50 yards maybe 40 50 yards and i'm like holy crap there he is and uh got the binos on him i'm like oh that's a that's a good looking buck he's got some really he's really really symmetrical cool frame and just big big brows that really caught my eye big brows <laughs> carries his mass well yeah it's just, just right. a great deer great deer. good fours yep nice so you're a browse man Len? i i was today man <laughs> I, I don't know it's just one of those things <laughs> like if i would pa- if i would have passed that deer unger would have just climbed out of the tree and left me up there so it was like <laughs> i had a lot of a lot of different things going through my head and oh. he just did it so perfect that i couldn't couldn't not shoot him you know dude that's fantastic and he's like for everybody listening he's a he's a pretty clean like symmetrical 10 right big clean 10 yeah perfect symmetrical i mean i would probably say he's low 150s Maybe I mean he's not I mean he's he's not gonna break any records by any means, but you know, for to wait five years for this tag and for this deer to do it so perfect, it's exactly what yeah. you know you dream of happening, especially on November seventh, two thirty afternoon, right? Yeah, what time was it in the afternoon? Two thirty, maybe three. Oh man, that's awesome, dude. I, you know, they always say like, if you got it on camera, add like 10 to 20 inches, depending on the hunt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, it was, it was just a cool experience. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like as soon as I let that arrow go, I was honestly, like, it was bittersweet. I was so pumped, but at the same time, it's like, man, it's over. Like I'm done. You know, I have to wait a whole nother five years before I can do this again. Yeah. But in same time it, it was just so fun and so perfect to have Unger in the tree with me and well we worked so hard yeah we this year. we came down i mean it's, it's a five-hour drive for Unger, seven for me and you know it's, it's a long way down here we put a lot of work in uh cameras we hung 
Oh, man. 17 double set in two, two and a half days. Little bit, yeah. Yeah. Two and a half days. So we put the work in and it all came together. There's a lot of stands that we didn't even get to sit in, unfortunately. But We're still both sitting on dough tags. And I looked at him tonight and I was like, you know, we should probably go to some of the more unconventional spots that are kind of like we write off for like bucks just because they deserve to be sat. We worked so hard. Yeah. <laughs> And just try to fill uh, one of those yeah. dough tags. Yeah, we both have dough tags that we'd like to fill. And, you know, now it's kind of that that feeling of, man, I hope no bucks come through. <laughs> well, I hope just those give us opportunities because, man, not having that buck tag now is definitely kind of a sad feeling. Oh, I bet. I bet. But, uh, yeah, like you said, at the same time, it's i i I have to imagine you were having like such a good day and such a good morning that it was like dude like we can't lose today and it's right it's not like yeah. it's not like you were sitting there for three days straight without seeing a deer and then he came in <laughs> no that's just it right and like you always have that argument you know do you shoot a deer on the first day that you would shoot on the last day and you know that was definitely going through my head as well but man i don't know like it was just we couldn't have drew it up any better and Oh yes, yeah. and like especially you know this week the weather's good. It's gonna get warm here the next couple days, so I think this was gonna be our best shot here for the next few days. Well, and you know the way things are kind of looking, there's a lot of cruising going on, so you're kind of teetering that line too. Is like okay, is something gonna a light switch gonna go off, and then all the big bucks are gonna be hunkered down with their does. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about that quite a bit today too. Yeah, because you could see Me. them all over the place today and maybe even a little bit tomorrow, and then they just, like, disappear for four days. So we definitely saw three four-year-olds and that one was potentially five, and they were all alone. Yep. Every one of them was alone. And we saw a lot of does that were not being pestered either. But, you know, we were watching the cell cameras, and we've got uh, one buck in particular that I really wanted to see, and he he disappeared for, you know – 24 36 hours and we kind of figured okay he's probably with a doe last night he got freed up we got him on two different cameras last night oh, we got him at, um dreamville yeah we got him at arch, arch. And we got him at dreamville again yeah so i mean he was moving last night and i think what happened was he found another doe because then he was just you know not moving we were in his core area for where we have pictures of him and we saw every other buck yeah, that we have pictures really. of except for him every deer except for him so kind of figure maybe he had a doe that he wasn't leaving and you know that was kind of going through our heads as well gotcha yeah so then in his in that do you think like he was do you think he was in his core area or do you think he like could have like expanded beyond that when you guys lost pictures of him and he's like you know i i tell you what, i i keep refreshing the cell cam app right now and i'm just waiting to get a picture of him in that core area because he he has been on these two cameras and one other one every day every other day daylight or very close to it so we we kind of have that deer pinned down and even since august he really hasn't deviated from like five cameras right we haven't gotten him anywhere else Mm mm-hmm Gotcha. Do you, are, is that any close to a border at all? Like, do you think he could be going over to a neighbor's or is he living in the he, middle of the property? But I, I get the feeling down here that the hunting pressure just isn't, isn't high. You know, I mean, we're on a very big piece of property here where he spends, I would say the majority of his time on the property that we're hunting. 
but he could he could venture off onto the neighbors as well but I don't to be honest I don't know that the neighbors are are bow hunting that hard you know it kind of strikes me as more of a you know gun shotgun season type of property that we border here gotcha and the reason I ask is like you know if people are listening and they're not seeing like a buck that they think was in the area like it's very possible that that a buck can hold even during the rut hold to a core area and not like people tend to think right people tend to think like oh dude that buck's probably four miles away and he could just be like you know one ridge over i would say a lot of that probably has to do with your doe density in the area too right like this property is i would say inundated with does so he really doesn't have a reason to be cruising that long range yet right where He's not, you know, traveling, you know, properties and acres looking for hot does. He has everything he needs here right now. Now, give him a week or 10 days, and these does have already gone through their estrus, and now he has to look for what's remaining for does that are going to come in. That's when I see that, that target buck that you might be after having to actually leave. We're a little bit, you know, behind. We're in southern Iowa here, whereas Wisconsin – you're probably seeing a lot more of those kind of bucks doing that, you know, longer range cruising, looking for, you know, maybe those does that aren't in their core area. You know, maybe they've been locked down with those that they have close to home and now they're, they're, they're past estrus. So now they have to seek a little bit more. We're seeing that on our cameras back in Wisconsin right now. Um, one other kind of tidbit for, of information that we did not mention is we did not know this deer at all yeah yeah so that was interesting too is this this buck and we have i can't remember i think we have 22 cameras running right now never had a picture of this deer on any of those cameras so that's kind of <laughs> cool too you know this deer i don't see him having to have traveled that far so i don't know if maybe just got bumped off of another property and wound up in the valley we were hunting tonight or you know, maybe he just eluded our cameras. I'm not sure, but that's just kind of another cool, you know, instance of you never know what's going to happen. It's November, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Like you could have, like someone else could have been hunting that deer and he was like, ah, I don't have the does here. So, I'm, <laughs> so yeah, you took yeah. someone else's deer. <laughs> yep. Um, Very well. Could no, that's yeah, it's cool. So for, um, for, for anyone like right now hunting, um, and you know, they've been kind of, uh, uh, shut out, you know, there's a lot of people, it seems like during this time, you're either in it or you're not right. Like you're either, yeah. you're, you're hot to trot or you're not. People are sitting like all day. You, you said you bumped out, um, grabbed lunch, moved stands. Like what are, what are the, what are the conditions that would have to be met for you to either sit in a stand all day in the same spot or like, like what you did today was. <laughs> bump out move this stands is, this is really fun. This is a very so, interesting yeah so we were all packed up camera gears in the backpacks bows on the ground dylan's halfway down the ladder or about to step on the ladder that five-year-old comes through and i think he went like two more steps down and you yep. look up at me and you're like are we dumb for getting out right now like should we be staying here <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's, that's something that you know people should think about is you know, there's still a lot of good time left to be in a tree. And we had, I wouldn't say the ideal wind to be where we were. It was forecasted to be perfect in the stand and it just wasn't. And the, the deer that we're hunting wasn't a deer that I think we could have, you know, slipped past, right? Like he, no, he, he's no, no. a very, very smart old deer. 
And so hunting it with an iffy wind, I just felt kind of dirty being in there at times when you get a, a, a you know, a gust of wind that took your wind the wrong way. Yeah. And, you know, I think we should just, yeah, I don't feel safe being in here all day. Had we had the right wind, I think we would have stayed in there all day. Got it. Okay. And so, so that was the only reason that prompted you to leave. Is there another, like, I mean, if you're sitting in a spot uh, all day or you're, you're intending on being there all day and you're just not seeing anything in the morning, like, are you guys thinking to move or are you guys going to stay? I would honestly probably give it longer than you typically would. I would give it till, you know, noon because you, you know, you never know when they're going to leave a doe when they're going to get up and go, Hey, you know what? I haven't checked this bedding area in a while. I should go over here and bump it. Um, I think you want to give it a lot longer right now. Cause I mean, even scientific studies will show that the deer during the rut, pre-rut, that kind of thing, they're moving more in the morning than they are, uh, you know, later in the day. So give it a little bit longer than you typically would, you know, your stomach starts to grumble and you're thinking about stuff to do at home. It's like, all right, if I just give it one more hour, who, you know, who knows what's going to come through. And that's what we saw today is as the sit seemed to be winding down, next thing you know, another buck would cross the field broad daylight, you know, to go bump another bedding area. And so I, I think just giving it a little bit extra time, I think you get to that one o'clock, two o'clock time, you might have a little bit of a lull. We certainly, you know, yeah. saw some does get up at two o'clock and feed around a little bit that had been bedded. So you got to imagine those bucks are probably loafing a little bit midday as well. Temperature is still warm here too. What was that, Unger? That's true. So the temperature is, you know, during the day is still quite a bit warmer than this time of year should be. You know, that that's a factor too, come one o'clock, two o'clock. Sure. Okay. So then when, when you're, when you're picking your stands and everything, obviously this one was picked because it was kind of like his core area and you had a decent, or you thought you had a good wind for it. Is this, are you like in the woods? Are you on a field edge? Are you like trying to get close to a we bedding area? Like we were sitting a failed food plot. <laughs> well, well, when we killed, we were sitting a failed food plot, but both the stands that we sat today were inside corners where, you know, three sides are woods. And then one corner is open field. So you had somewhere to blow your wind to in an open field. And then you have 270 degrees of timber. So that's kind of the setup that we had in both the spots that we sat tonight and expected, you know, transition to happen where deer are kind of, you know, shortcutting this corner. And that's what we were looking at in both the stands that we sat today and saw good movement. Gotcha. How far are you from that, from the actual field? Are you like 10 yards off the field? Or are you like 50? Both of, both of those, we were 10 to 15 yards off of what I would consider a field edge your open field, just because I don't like blowing wind across that, that field edge that bucks might want to cruise right on, right? Like they don't want to be walking mm-hmm. in the wide open unless they're just crossing a top to get to another chunk of timber. So we didn't want to blow our wind across those good edge trails gotcha okay so then like when you're when you were when you you said you slipped out so you kind of like got out 20 30 yards that field edge relocated and got 20 30 yards back in like the the that that you said you got in clean that just kind of means that you're just like sneaking in there you're not bumping anything 
you you had the right wind, you had the right entry. And was he when he you said he stood up at like 150 yards? Is that like in the timber, or was he in like a CRP? Like, are you in like an oh, open no. mature timber, or how does that? It, it it's it's mature timber, but it's canopied in a way that allows good undergrowth. So there's a lot of um, like uh, honeysuckle growing in here, and uh, just like raspberries and multiflora that they're probably browsing on throughout the day. So that's why we only got to that edge because they could be bet- bedded you know, 30 to 40 yards in the, into that edge. And well, those certainly you know, were, we climbed in today yeah. and then we weren't even like fully set up and we started hearing something coming down the hill and there was a doe at 30 yards and yep. doing exactly what you were saying, just feeding and browsing. And- yep. And so that's what, you know, getting in clean is getting into that spot where it's like, okay, we've pushed in just as far as we can before we're going to potentially bump deer. And we did, we did that a couple of times in the last couple of days where yesterday we got into a spot got up in the tree and actually Unger turned and looked and he goes, Hey, there's a buck bedded over here. You know, so had we pushed in a little bit further, we probably would have blown out, you know, that deer and certainly any others that were bedded. So that, that was more a testament to the access piece though. We were able to drop down right in that little ditch. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, we plan for long in advance, right? When you're hanging a set, okay, we can sneak down this ditch and get in here and potentially have gear bedded close as we get in and so that that was kind of a cool thing to see is that actually worked in our favor but i mean we were today when we got into our afternoon set painstakingly slow taking very very soft steps trying not to make any noise because there could have been deer bedded closer uh we just happened to luck out that you know they were bedded 60 yards away instead of 30 when we got in there yeah so that i and i know a lot of people like talk like you know these when people say a bedding area, like in my head, I think of a, a a square, like quarter acre piece. That's like a bedding area, but it sounds like to me, like what you're describing is that along these field edges are failed food plots. How Unger describes them. Um, <laughs> it was a rough year. It was a drought. It was, it was a rough year down here. We gave it our all. You know, to, to kind of get to where I think you're trying to go with this is, I kind of treat any kind of cover as potential bedding, right? Unless it's a wide open hardwood. Okay. As soon as you get that 30 yards into a chunk of timber, there's likely deer that use that throughout the day. And so I wouldn't say they're necessarily bedded in that spot, but they might get up and feed on, you know, the, whatever's growing in there is a little bit of green. Well, this, this property is unique too, because of the erosion that it's in a program. So like, what do you say the edge like 30 20 to oh, yeah from 10 to 30 yards leading up to the woods is like a certain kind of grass yeah they've got it planted in so you know it's just, like an extra buffer of security even going into those right and then and that allows those deer to bed a lot closer whereas you know people that are hunting more agricultural flatlands and stuff where the deer can see while they're bedded 80 yards in the timber they can see that field edge that's not the case here so like the trees that whole kind of cover as potential bedding because deer can bed right up on that edge gotcha and feel pretty secure doing that so is that is that that also help lead to why you think those bucks will take that inside corner or do you just think like regardless of kind of what property you're sitting on and and where you're at like those inside corners are hot right now the inside corners are always hot i would say a lot of the stands that i typically hang if you have that scenario I'm always 
trying to look for a stand location in that because it's such an easy way for them. You know, you can picture it, 270 degrees of cover. They're going to cut that inside where it all comes together the closest there because they're trying to catch as much wind as they can without leaving that cover. So that's where they're going to cross is right on that corner. Well, and the topography kind of helps with that tonight, mm-hmm. too. We were kind of sitting over a ditch that kind of forced him up towards that corner. Right, right. Which is yeah. exactly what he did. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and he came in looking. Um, do you guys have – do you have any thoughts on grunting or rattling? Like, do you only do it when you see a deer? Do you do it randomly throughout the day? Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah. I I don't rattle in Wisconsin. It's a tough ever. For us ever. right now. Being Wisconsin hunters <laughs> coming to Iowa. So you come down here and you watch – hunting shows and stuff and you see how how hunting whitetails is supposed to look and that's exactly what we experienced here the last <laughs> couple days where I, yeah i rattled five times in the last three days and three of those times we had deer come in uh two times just you know maybe they weren't in earshot whatever but i mean the oh. first time i rattled we had a two-year-old come just trotting right to the base of our tree uh yesterday we had another beautiful two-year-old real lot of character come right into 20 yards right after i rattled and it, it's it's a, it's a different thing depending on the pressure right so iowa here very little pressure if you're in wisconsin those those deer are probably heard every neighbor you have rattle at them grunt at them snort wheeze at them and that's that's yeah, a huge you factor you rounded one in yesterday too yep yep and so i think that's 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 a huge thing to consider is how many times have these deer likely heard somebody call at them that isn't set up properly and then they end up getting winded and those deer kind of start to associate that right with calling you know and so i would be very very cautious in that and know that you have the right scenario for it before you just start banging antlers together and making as much noise as possible gotcha okay no good good tips there man all right we got like five minutes left here i know you guys gotta run so first i'm gonna do i'm gonna do are you what's that i want to know what's happening on your end we got it you you have been out pounding the woods what are you seeing what's happening Dude, on your i end? no i have i i've been in i was in vegas for four days man <laughs> i just got Working home in november. dude it was the only it's the i yeah there's a long story behind it i had to take it um i had yeah i had to be there so i just got home i'm doing so Thursday is looking like um, it's 70 degrees and dropping to 40. So I was going to hunt Thursday yep. afternoon and hope that that like kind of drop, it starts prompting them to do something. Friday looks really oh, yeah. good. Cold West wind. Saturday looks good. Cold West wind. Sunday looks good. Cold West wind. So I'll be out trying to get out all four days. My wife's trying to get me to get out all three days. So we'll figure, figure that one out. But no, I mean, the that inside corner that you picked out on our property, that one's been showing some great deer. So that's why I was awesome. a little interested in that. Um, Definitely. But I can just picture it right now and just seeing deer cruise that edge and cut that corner tight. I, that would be one of the favorite spots I would get into when you have that west or I think northwest wind for that spot, right? Yep. And there's been one buck in there. He's a, he's a pretty nice 11 point. He has hit it twice at 9.30, between 9.30 and 10 a.m. Oh, babe. So, yeah, I don't know what his deal is, but he comes in for a day and a half, and then he disappears. Like, I get him all over there for a day and a half, 
Um, and Eve, like yeah. I'll get him in the morning, the evening, and then the next morning. And then he's gone for three, four five days. Um, and oh, then he man. does the same thing again. And he ta- he takes the same trail, the same, the trails that you told me to cut, he's running them exactly to a T. I never told you, but the, yeah, the exact, the one that Chad shot on a property, he took the exact yeah. trail right to exactly where you'd planned out. He'd go and he just came right to Chad. Chad shot him at 12 yards. He's like, if I didn't shoot him at 12 yards, I would have shot him at eight. Like he was, wow. it was pretty sweet how it all <laughs> set up exactly how you designed it. <laughs> So yeah, and there's another one, a double main beam buck on the property. And, um, you know, that cedar tree with the spring in the bottom. Yes. I love that spot. Yeah. So I hung a stand in there. It looks beautiful. I'll send you a picture of it. It's a fantastic spot, but that is a territory boundary. I have five bucks that come hit that scrape and then turn right around to 180 degrees and walk back out. That's a very interesting thing. So that's what we saw. It's so crazy how they have that line in their head of like, well, nope, this is, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. This is no longer home. That's that five-year-old half rack that we saw today. Mm. We have only gotten one picture of him past this spot, but in this chunk of, I would say it's 30 acres of cover. He's in there every day, all the time. He lives in that 30 acres. We were on the corner of his boundary today and we saw him, he turned, he turned on a dime. On a dime. Was like, nope, this is no longer my territory. And just went back and cruised back into his home range. And it is just very interesting to see that he had a complete wide open uh, fence gap to go through into where we were. And he decided, no, I'm sticking to my home today. And so. Right back into the trail you walked in on. Right. Isn't very that, interesting that's to see wild. That. And then you shoot, then the deer you shot, you've never seen before. Like the. I think the biggest thing I've learned from doing these podcasts and talking to people like you guys is the the fact that deer have personalities. Hey, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that aspect of it. And you have deer that are very predictable and then others that just break all the rules and are maybe they just don't have that territory established or they're not as high in the pecking order and maybe they get bumped out and their ass kicked and they got to move on to find another gap where they can actually be and not be bothered. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. So, um, a co- couple minutes here. I have a, I have a couple questions for you and then you guys can, can bounce out of here and enjoy your tenderloins and, and <laughs> hang out. No worries. We're just going to cook up some interloins here. <laughs> we might need to grab another bear. But not... <laughs> no, we're all good. <laughs> um, so if, are you guys like, would you guys sit, be sitting all day for the next week? Like it's November 7th right now. Would you guys be like taking the entire day? Or are you guys switching at all mornings? And I evenings? Be, I'd be taking the entire day, but I, nec- I wouldn't necessarily be sitting the same exact stand all day. So I would, number one is wind, right? Wherever the wind is the best, if the wind switches, I'd be considering that. If you're in a spot in between bedding areas or in between uh, food and bedding, that's a spot that I would consider sitting all day um, just because those bucks got to get up and bump bedding areas. So if you're on a transition, that's a good spot to be in. And it's typically easier to access those than getting on the backside of bedding and sitting all day and expecting deer to come to you in the morning. But then as that one o'clock rolls around, those deer are likely more thinking about the opposite side going back towards food then for the afternoon so that's kind of running through my head as well i might just flip around and get closer to the food for that evening then gotcha okay 
And so that's, that's really what dictates, like, if you're not seeing anything in the morning and you're sitting there till one o'clock and you still don't see a whole lot, then you're kind of piecing out and going to find a different section of the farm or something like that. Yeah. I would just, you know, go more food focused then and say, okay, they're not bumping does today in, in this area. Um, I need to be somewhere where these does are still on a predictable schedule. They're going to get up and head to food. Those bucks know where that food source is. They know where those doe bedding areas are. And if you're in an area where they are, that's probably where the bucks are going to want to come through as well. Use your intel. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like if you have trail cameras out, make sure you're watching those because a buck could need to bump that bedding area anytime during that day. But I would say more in the evenings towards that food source, that's when they're going to be there. Got it. This is a, a loaded question. And don't tell me it depends. You have to answer it. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> How long, if you pull a card and there were good bucks in there, like let's say you pull a card at 9 a.m. and you see last night at, at 2 a.m. there were three shooters in that area. How long do you think that area is good for? Like how long uh, is that area know, hot? I, I would say, I want to say it depends, but it, it, it you know, it, it's very situational. I'll say where, come on, Dylan. This, I'm getting it right in there. I'm working to it. I've come full circle here. We had that same situation last night. The buck that I wanted to kill, we called him Ivy. He's a great, great deer. I did not feel good about it. He, he, we had pictures of him uh, at last light at the stand we sat this morning. We had a picture of him there at 2 a.m. And then we had a picture of him at another stand in that same block of timber. I can't remember if it was later or earlier than that. But anyway, he was in that that chunk of timber. So I would have thought that this was the spot that he was going to roll back through at some point this morning. And Unger had the opposite thought of, well, no, he already went through here. He's not going to come back. And that was the case. So just because you have that fresh intel, doesn't necessarily like you can look at it both ways as a double-edged sword he was already here or okay he was here he's going to come back through here here for a reason but the intel that we had this particular camera he always goes through one direction he never comes back the other direction so he went through like okay he already went through he went hit the other camera it could be two days before he comes back and does this same exact loop again and that's the way that unger looked at it i looked at it like okay Maybe he didn't find the dough he's after and he's going to have to do this loop again. That's the way I looked at it. But then like, you know, it's so easy to get inside your own head and start playing analytics with your, with situations. I mean, for instance, when I killed here in Iowa, uh, opening weekend, the buck I killed had never come that direction. He had never come that direction and he had never done it in the evening. But, you know, for whatever reason, the acorns were dropping more than maybe he needed to feed back out through there that evening to get to his destination food source because he loafed in there during the day it, it is very situational and I, it does depend but i would say if you're getting hot sign on a trail camera i would sit there i that that's me personally unger i think maybe thinks a little bit differently on that oh i don't know going back to situational i'm very yeah. stubborn <laughs> on fans, you yeah know that. And, if, uh, yeah. I, if i get a good look at a buck and i know he's gonna screw up or he's being consistent i think it's statistics like we this yeah. is wire i forget the we, term she taught yeah. it but like 
like okay if i sit here long enough and the wind's right like he's gonna come through again he has to and i think that's the difference too is Unger is more of a uh a sit and wait kind of guy and i'm more of wind. yeah very he's, he's very okay if we keep sitting this stand and our wind is good and we haven't messed anything up he'll keep sitting that spot whereas i'm very different i'm more okay we sat there we left ground spent who knows what new that we got in there. We need to go somewhere fresh. I'm always the freshest band. It's a very interesting, um, somebody could be a fly on the wall at camp while him and I are negotiating where we're going to sit and what our next move is. People would be like, wow, you guys are insane. Like you're thinking about things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't. Right. Well, I think it all depends on what snacks you pack, right? Oh yeah, we came loaded for bear. We actually bought new lunch boxes so we can access our lunch very quietly. Had our sandwiches all made, minus the mayo. We had separate mayo, mayo packets pack to keep the bread nice you and fresh. You don't want the bread getting soggy. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was actually pretty perturbed. My honey oats granola bar was next to my Snickers, and I tasted chocolate on it. So threw me off. <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm. Sorry to cut you short here, but our uh, the property owner just pulled up and he's going to take a look at our deer. Hell yeah. You guys go get them, man. Hey, thank you for hopping thank on. So I appreciate much. the time. Thank you so much, Anthony. We'll talk soon. You bet. You bet. Have a good one, boys. Congrats again. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.